Hey, welcome you guys. It's great to be back in the building, isn't it? Yeah? Me and 30 of my best friends. You know, I've never been so glad to see 30 people in here. <laughs> this is amazing. Um, and, uh, and actually, you know, this morning was the very first time we'd live streamed our services. We've been like pre-recording them for weeks and weeks. And, and, and before this last Tuesday, we didn't even know if we could do a live stream. We still hadn't tested it out. So we had our staff come in and we did a little like run through just to see if it would work. And, and it went pretty well, but it wasn't without some hiccups. Um, when I walked in, this slide was on the screen. And I said to our production director, Blaine, who's, who's running slides right now, um, I said, could, could you read that slide one more time? And he went, service will begin shortly. Thank you for worshiping us. <gasps> and burst out laughing. Now, we'd run out of time to like, take it back into Photoshop and edit it. And so he just did this, which I think worked great. And actually, uh, some Instagram page picked it up. And we've got like 5,000 likes on, the, on, on this picture now. So it's, it's amazing. Well, we are thankful that you are worshiping with us today. Isn't, isn't it something to be with people as you're worshiping together? It's, it's awesome. And uh, I was chatting with Pastor Mark this week on the phone. He's, he's still on vacation. Uh, he, he said this just really wasn't the way I thought it was going to be when this whole thing started. I thought there'd be this day when it would be all over and we'd all come back to the building and, and it'd be this massive celebration and it'd be like a big family reunion. You'd see, see everyone, but it just didn't quite turn out that way, did it? And maybe we can relate a little bit to the people of God in the Bible passage that we're taking a look at. Today, it's the book of Exodus. We're journeying through this book of Exodus, and, and they got some good news. They got some really good news, but here's the kicker it didn't quite turn out like they expected. So, let me, let me tell you about it. We're, we're at the moment where Moses returns to Egypt. This is the land he grew up in. He lived there 40 years, then he lived 40 years in the desert, and now he's coming back to Egypt. And he's got this call from God to lead the people of Israel out of slavery in Egypt and into freedom. And as he arrives back in the land, he's accompanied by his brother Aaron, who he's met on the way. And they come, they gather the people of Israel together, and they say, we've got good news Okay, this is what they say. Exodus 4, verse verse 30 and 31. They told them everything the Lord had said to Moses. He also performed the signs before the people, and they believed. And when they heard that the Lord was concerned about them and had seen their misery, they bowed down and worshipped. So Moses and Aaron bring this this message of freedom, this this good news, and the people are overjoyed. They they bow down and worship God, and they praise Him. And maybe when when you who are here heard the the news last week that we were going to begin in-person worship services again, maybe maybe you even felt similarly to these people. Maybe you even felt a little bit like this guy. Okay, I know I did when I heard the news. And yeah, here's the thing, you know, God's people, they're worshiping, they're praising, they're they're so thankful, and yet things didn't pan out exactly how they thought it might. 
After Moses and Aaron shared this news with the people of Israel, they went and they met with Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. And Pharaoh had built this, this massive empire on the back of slavery. And the people who were enslaved were the people of Israel. And so Moses and Aaron come to him and they say, Hey, Pharaoh, how would you feel about letting your largest and cheapest workforce go free? And of course he said no. Not only did he say no, he said, you guys are distracting them from their work. And they're going to have to pay for this. Now the Israelites at that time were, were making bricks out of clay. And, and when you make bricks out of clay, you need some straw to, to bind it together and give it some strength. And the Israelites had had the straw provided for them to that point. But Pharaoh decided, you know what, to make sure they're not getting distracted from their work, we're going to stop providing them with the straw. They have to go and find the straw by themselves. And we're going to make sure that they make the same number of bricks every day. And so at the start of the day, you had the people of God worshiping, praising God, giving him glory for the the freedom that he was going to bring to them. And then at the end of the day, well, this is what happened at the end of the day. They found Moses and Aaron waiting to meet them. And they said, may the Lord look on you and judge you. You have made us obnoxious to Pharaoh and his officials and have put a sword in their hand to kill us. At the start of the day, they were worshiping. At the end of the day, they were whining from worship to whining. Now, of course, you know, it would be easy to go and look down on them and say, don't you guys have any faith? Don't you know the end of the story? Don't you know this God? Don't you know what he's going to do? And yet, I think for us, we do the very same thing. We go from from worshiping on on a Sunday to to whining on a Monday. We go from, from giving glory to God to being grumpy about life. And you know, this is a hard season for all of us. It's, it's filled with many disappointments, many, many things that, 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 that kind of bring a sense of loss. And, and that, that feeling, that's, that's fine. But so often what happens is that feeling spurs us on to start grumbling and complaining and whining. And yet, that's not what we want. We, we don't want to be known as whiners. We don't want to be whinge bags, people who are filled with the spirit of whining. We want to be believers who, who are filled with the, the spirit of the Lord, the spirit that produces the fruit of love, joy, peace, patience. So how do we reverse this kind of natural trajectory that, honestly, I think all of us can find in our lives at some point, this trajectory from worship to whining? How do we reverse course? How do we go from whining to worship? Well, I want to offer three steps that I believe can help us move from whining to worship. Three things that you can do, and I actually think they summarize the steps that the people of Israel had to take throughout the rest of the book of Exodus. And so those three steps are, first, remember, second, repent, and third, recommit. So that first step to go from whining to worship is remember. Everyone say remember. Remember. Remember God's 
faithfulness. Remember God's faithfulness. Later in Exodus, once the people of God have, have been set free from slavery in Egypt, they, they meet with God in the desert, and God gives them his law. He starts with these ten commandments that I'm sure many of us are familiar with. But here's what's interesting. Before he starts laying down the law, God starts by helping them to remember his faithfulness. Listen to the the very first words that come out of God's mouth when he gives the Ten Commandments. He says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Even before the people were faithful to him, God was faithful to them. And before he gives them anything that they need to do, he asks them to remember his faithfulness. And this command to remember, it comes up again and again and again and again in the Bible. Listen to a few of these. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Deuteronomy 5. Remember the wonders he has done, his miracles and the judgments he pronounced. 1 Chronicles 16. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. Psalm 77. Remember these things, for you are my servant. I made you. I will not forget you. Isaiah 44. Remember, remember, remember. It was a a time a few years back when my, my wife and I were in a, a tough spot. In fact, as I, as I look back and I remember it, we were doing a lot of whining at that point in our life because we didn't think we were going to be able to financially make it here in the U.S. We thought we'd have to go back to the U.K. and, and be with our family, and, and we didn't think that was fair, and so we were whining about it. And We let the church know in the end that, that we were planning to go back to the U.K., and and that weekend after we'd let the church know, we had a friend reach out to us and say, hey, look, I, I just, I wanted to share this story from, from my own life. She said, when, when me and my husband were, were young, we got sent as missionaries overseas. And before we left, we went to our church and we asked them, would you make a regular financial commitment to support us? And the church, uh, the, the elder board deliberated about that and thought about it. And they came back to them and said, we do support you, but at this time, we don't feel able to make a regular financial commitment. Now, to that young couple, that was devastating. They, they, they couldn't understand how, how, if God's not going to provide for our local church, how is he going to provide? And yet, they said to us on that weekend, they said, looking back on that, that was one of the most significant moments in that whole time of being missionaries. Because at that moment, we had to make a decision. Are we going to rely upon the faithfulness of human beings, or are we going to rely upon the faithfulness of God? And as my wife and I heard these words, and they were coming to us in the midst of our whining and griping and complaining, we remembered the faithfulness of God to us. We remembered his faithfulness to provide for our needs. And as we remembered his faithfulness, our whining began to cease. And we started to take a step out of it and a step towards worship. Because God is faithful in any and every season. He is faithful in this season just as he has been faithful in the last. And if we want to take a step away from from whining and complaining, then the first thing we can do is to remember God's faithfulness. Remember God's faithfulness. 
The second step, I think, to move from whining to worship is to repent. Say, repent. Repent of our self-centeredness. Repent just means to to turn away, turn in the opposite direction. And and we need to turn away from focusing on ourselves. Now, the people of Israel were, were fantastic at focusing upon themselves, okay? And how do I know that? Because they just kept whining. They whined about making bricks without straw. They whined about having no water. They whined about the monotonous yet miraculous morning meal of manna. They, they whined about not having cucumbers, which they had in Egypt after they'd left. They whined and whined and whined. And whining betrays the reality that you're focused on yourself and that you're not focused on others. Now, I don't know about you, but I found myself whining quite a lot in this season. The restrictions that that we're all living under have been difficult to live with at times. They, they They haven't been easy. And I know I'm called to be loving. I know I'm called to be self sacrificial and, you know, take care of those who are more at risk. But sometimes I just, I find myself going, really? Is what I'm doing helping? Like, really? Come on. And I shared this with a friend, and, and, and they said, you know what, I've been wrestling with the same thing. I've been, I've been struggling with it, but I was reading the other day in the Bible the, the story of Jesus washing the disciples' feet. And do you know what I realized? I realized that, that Jesus was God himself. Jesus had, had, had more rights and more freedoms than, than any of us could ever have. And yet in that story, Jesus chose to lay them all aside. He he chose to take the lowest position, the position of a foot washer. He chose to elevate others above himself. That, That wasn't something he had to do. Rightfully, they should have elevated him like he's elevated today. And yet, he chose to lower himself and to serve others. And they said to me, Ellis, as I wrestled with that story, I realized, you know what? We're called to follow the example of Jesus. And that picture of Jesus washing his disciples' feet points forward to the day when he stretched out his arms upon the cross. And on the cross, he said, I am going to take what you deserve. All of the times that you've put yourself ahead of others, all of the times that you've hurt others. I'm going to take the punishment for that upon myself. I will bear the guilt. I will bear the sin because I love you. I will give up everything, all of my rights, all of my freedoms. He said, don't, don't you think I could have called on a legion of angels and I could have come down at any moment? And yet there he was hanging on the cross for us out of love. And upon that cross, our sin was cleansed. But also upon that cross, an example was given to us of how we too should live. How we are called to die to ourselves, to, to not focus on, on our own wants, even our own rights or our own freedoms, but to look to those of others, to elevate others above ourselves. So if we're going to move from, from whining to worship, we've got to repent. We've got to turn away from focusing on ourselves. We've got to begin to lift our eyes up and focus on those around us. Elevate them. Demonstrate the love of Christ towards them. So, 
to move from whining to worship, remember, repent, and third, recommit. Say recommit. Recommit ourselves to worshipfulness. Later in Exodus, after God's people had received the law, after they'd heard God give, give his, make his covenant, his agreement with the people, the people of Israel made a decision to recommit themselves to this God who had saved them. This is how Exodus 24 puts it. Then Moses took the book of the covenant and read it to the people. They responded, we will do everything the Lord has said. We will obey. I wonder what might, what might it look like for us to similarly commit ourselves or, or perhaps recommit ourselves like the people of Israel did? What might it look like for us to recommit ourselves to God in this season? In particular, what might it look like to recommit ourselves to worshiping God in this season? You know, there was, there was a time in my life when, when I worshiped on Sundays about every six to eight weeks. And during that time in my life, I, I had a faith in Jesus, and, and yet, really, I was feeling very insecure about my life. I was searching for acceptance and affirmation in, in places where I wasn't finding it. I was looking for it in my work and um, in my sports, in my friendships, in my relationships, and I didn't find it, and I was left feeling empty and really quite insecure. A friend of mine invited me to come to a local church, and as I went and I sang of God's faithfulness, as I was given the opportunity to, to repent, to turn away from my my sin, as I was given the opportunity to hear the word of God preached, as I worshipped together with the people of God, I realized, do you know what? This act of doing this is transformative. And I said to myself, why, why, why have I been holding out? Why have, why have I only been doing this every six to eight weeks? Why? And I made a decision that day. I, I want to start a new habit of weekly worshiping. And from that day forward, I began that habit. And it was amazing what began to happen in my life as, a, as, I, as I committed to this. I, I began to move from a person who felt insecure to someone who was secure in the love of a father. I, I moved from a person who was looking for acceptance and affirmation in, in places I wasn't finding it to someone who was looking for it in the person of Jesus and was finding it. And this discipline, this habit, began to pay off in my life. And I've continued that habit ever since. It's just now I get paid. We're moving into a new season, right? This is, this is summer. This is a season when we want to be outside, school's out, things are beginning to open up. Maybe you're on the edge of feeling like, oh, it's about to get busy again, right? And it could be tempting to say, you know what? Let's, like, we go a couple of times in the summer, but, but we'll just, the fall, that's when we're going to go back to church, okay? We'll, we'll, we'll target the fall, that's, that's the plan. But what, what if, what if in this season we said, no, I'm going to recommit to worshiping God. This is a hard season. I don't want to be in a place of whining. I, I want to move from there, and I want to be in a place where, where I'm a worshiper, where I'm expressing to God 
my adoration of him, my praise of him, my thanksgiving to him, where, where, where I'm seeking my security in him and not in the things of this world. What, what would it look like if we recommitted to that? It's, it's never been easier, right? We can do it in person, we can do it online, we can do it live, we can do it on demand. It's, it's like the easiest thing in the world now to do weekly worship, right? But what would it look like if that was something that we committed to as a community? How might God change us? How might he transform us? No, none of, none of us want to be whiners. It's not good for our souls. It's not good for our families. We, we want to be people who are filled with, with the Spirit. We want to be people who, who exhibit the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. And I believe God's called us to move from whining to worship. And I'm preaching to myself as much as I'm preaching to you. And I think there are three things we can do. We can remember God's faithfulness. He is faithful. He will be faithful. Bring that to mind. We can repent of our focus on ourself, of of looking to our wants, our needs, our desires. We can turn away from that. And we can recommit to being with one another, to, to worshiping together, even if it's at home as a family, if it's here in the building, wherever it is, if it's on a, you know, a Tuesday night because that's the only time we can make it work, we can recommit to that. And I believe that if we are willing to do these things, God will change us, God will transform us, and he'll make us more and more into people who represent the person of Christ to this world. Would you pray with me? Hey, Father, we're just so grateful for your faithfulness to us. Lord, while we were still far from you, while we were still in the midst of our sin, while we were still focused on ourselves, you reached out to us and you drew us to yourself through the person of Jesus. And today, Lord, we say sorry. Sorry that we've looked to, to our own wants, our own desires, the things, the things that we need. And Lord, we ask that you would help us by the power of your spirit to turn our eyes upward and outward. That we may see the face of Jesus, the one who knelt to wash the feet of the disciples, the one who stretched out his arms of love upon the cross and that we may in turn see the lost sheep over which he had compassion. Who would you stir our hearts towards that? And Lord, I pray that you would help us to recommit recommit ourselves to worshiping you, to praising you. You're so worthy, so worthy of all that we have. Lord, would you transform us as a community? Would you make us into the church that you've called us to be? Church that goes beyond these walls, a church that elevates others, Lord, exalts Jesus, launches disciple makers. That's that's who we wanna be, Lord. That's who you've called us to be. So by the power of your spirit, we pray that you would be at work amongst the people of your church. In the name of your son.